Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Tuesday, October the seventeenth edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host. Travis Wingfield and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, got a quick one for you guys. We dive into the stats from Sunday's win in Atlanta, breaking down snap counts, snap counts, and the advanced stats from the game. Also, the 1972 Dolphins are popping champagne once again after the last unbeaten team, the Kansas City Chiefs, fall this season. I touched briefly on my thoughts on the undefeated Dolphins team from 72, and we finally have a winner in the PFF edge subscription giveaway. I will give that out here in just a minute. But first, I have to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, wherever you get your podcast from. Drop us a five-star rating, write us a nice little review. Subscriptions, ratings, reviews, those are how podcasters are judged. You guys know this by now. The more I get, the higher we go up the iTunes chart, the more it exposes us to more doll fans, helps the show to continue to grow, and you guys know how much I appreciate all that support. Also, don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and the Locked On Heat podcast for local and national coverage of your favorite teams as the NBA season here tips off tomorrow night. And lastly, follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Every Tuesday, I'll be tweeting out GIFs from the game, plenty of cut-ups, and what I see is good plays and bad plays as well. So that's a pretty popular segment on Twitter every single Tuesday. So check that out, at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com, where we are starting to crank out pieces each day here. As myself, Kevin, Adam, and Mike are all up and going there. There are three pieces that are pretty new on there. Yours truly just currently wrote a Adam Gaze piece, the Adam Gaze paradigm, talking about some of his successes. I'll touch on that later on in the show. Also, you have... Adam Vaccaro's debut piece talking about Leonte Carew, the curious case of Leonte Carew. And then also Mike Jastrzebiski has his piece from Friday. Charles Harris, the closer, getting better and better each week. And of course, 3rd10.com, my personal quarterback grading website. All right, so Pro Football Focus has been sponsoring us for a while now. I keep telling you guys about this free PFF Edge subscription you can win. And you can win that by going ahead and going into iTunes and writing a nice little review and leave your Twitter handle in there. And by now, you guys know that ProFootballFocus.com is the premier player grades and snap counts website. They offer those player grades, snap counts, positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts. They have the best NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and college stats, team and player pages featuring PFF stats. The PFF Miami site is a must-follow on Twitter, a must-read for uh, any Dolphins fan, really. And on a day-to-day basis, they post new stuff there. It's very, very good content. So check that out. If you go into iTunes, leave us a review on the podcast. Include your Twitter handle in the review. We'll pick a random winner each week. I know I haven't lived up to that yet so far, but we've only had a few reviews. So I've been given the right to go ahead and pick a winner. And we're going to do that right now on the show. 
And the winner is going to be for the free PFF Edge subscription is going to be JC Bryant 16. That's his Twitter handle. JSwag125 was the comment. That's at JC Bryant16 on Twitter. You are the winner of the free PFF Edge subscription. I'll be reaching out to you on Twitter to go ahead and get you that login credential so you can go ahead and check that out and play around with the site. And make sure to tell everyone how great Pro Football Focus is. And and thank you again so much, JC, for all your support. And you're the guys that wrote reviews too. Uh, if no one else writes the new reviews, we'll just be basically handing out the new ones to all the guys that did write reviews. So don't worry about it. We'll probably get to you here soon enough. But JC Bryant 16 on Twitter, you are the winner of the free PFF Edge subscription. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. Okay, this is a Lockdown Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, at Wingfield NFL on Twitter. And we're going to go ahead and get right into the stats for this game as the Dolphins win 20-17 in Atlanta. And just off the top, just kind of going off the broad stuff, the most impressive thing I think about this team so far is the defense and the fact that they have not allowed more than 20 points to any team. And that includes the Los Angeles Chargers with the, with the ever-dynamic Phillip Rivers, the New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees and that high-powered offense, and then last year's MVP, one of the most prolific offenses of all time, Matt Ryan, the Atlanta Falcons, only put up 17 points, zero points in the second half. As I mentioned on the podcast yesterday, two sacks, an interception, two three and outs, zero points on the day. So that brings the Dolphins' season total to 84 points allowed in five games. That is eight, or 16.8 points per game, or third best in the National Football League behind the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals, just getting it done every single front so far on the defensive side of the football completely carrying the offense, which has only scored 55 points in five games, good for 11 points per game. And they are three and two, despite scoring 11 points per game. That is quite unfathomable. I think if you have any semblance semblance of a decent offense, this team is five and oh. So just a credit to how great the defense has played all year long. And we're going to get back into some of those season long stats. Again, I think it's kind of fun to revisit every week and see where they rack up and where they stand. I know I did it last week with the quarter poll, but let's just keep doing it every week. But first let's get into the game stats from the Sunday victory in Atlanta. The run defense had its worst outing of the year, and it's not too bad to say considering the Falcons only had 100 rushing yards on the game on 19 carries, or just over five yards per carry there. As a passer, Matt Ryan went for 248 on 35 throws which isn't bad for a quarterback to go for 7.09 yards per throw. That's that's actually a little bit below where you want to be in terms of league average and being on top of the game as a quarterback. But considering last year, Matt Ryan was over 10 yards per throw going down to seven in this game. Fantastic job. The Dolphins get two sacks for negative nine yards. So push back those net yards a little bit total more there. Another area the Dolphins kind of struggled in this game was on third down. The Falcons go 6 for 11 on third down. That's better than what the Dolphins have been allowing so far. So the Falcons get their bread and butter on third. But as I watch this game, you kind of notice that the Falcons are just making good passes and and making good plays on offense because the Dolphins' defense was there a lot of the time. But when there's a perfect pass, there's no defense for it. So 
I think that was the case early on in the first half. That the Dolphins were playing pretty good. They were challenging routes. Just didn't quite work out for them until the second half. They really got it cranked up. Also, they hold the Falcons to zero for one on fourth down. So really 50% on their third slash fourth down conversions. But you flip it over to the offensive side of the ball. Dolphins go five out of 12 on third down. By far their best output this year. And they control the ball for 34 minutes and 24 seconds compared to the Falcons 25 minutes and 36 seconds. So win the time, time of possession battle. The turnover battle will split evenly. The Dolphins get more sacks. They run the ball for more yards. Come out with a very big win. And they got more first down than the Falcons. First time this year they've done that. On yesterday's program, I mentioned that Jarvis Landry had a better day than I think we at least started off as, or as he, as, than he has the last couple of weeks. But as you go, if you go back and look at his raw stats in this game, he was targeted a lot and not a lot of yardage output there. Once again, I mentioned last year he was up over eight yards per per target on the year, which was better than Antonio Brown on the season. This game, he was targeted 14 times and produced just 62 yards. That is just 4.4 yards per target, half of his production from last year. So he's got to pick it up in that sense too. Not a lot of catches going on there. And I know he had that couple of drops earlier in the game, which are going to hurt his stats big time. He dropped a pass from Jay Cutler that was down around his ankles. It goes down in the books as a drop. I don't count that as a drop. That's a bad throw. That's a quarterback miss. So put that on him. Kenny Stills gets targeted four times, catches all four of them. That's a nice change to have. He's catching 100% of his balls for 49 yards, so he's up over 10 yards per target on his day. Julius Thomas, five targets, 22 yards, just not a good player by any stretch of the imagination. Damian Williams gets targeted three times, catches all three of them for 14 yards. I think two of those, at least that I know of, were first down. So good job for Damian Williams getting the job done in the passing game. And Jay Ajayi, three targets, didn't catch a single one of them. I think at least two of them were drops. Yeah, two of them were drops. One of them was short hops. So his... I think you really got to take, you know, it's tough to to really pigeonhole these guys into one spot because you don't want to be one-dimensional when a certain player comes on the field. It telegraphs your play calls and doesn't allow any type of, you know, misdirection or any type of deception from the offensive standpoint when the defense knows who's in the game, what kind of play call that dictates. So JHI's got to start catching the football a little bit and getting himself involved in the game because as a runner on Sunday, he was fantastic. 26 carries, 130 yards. It's a five-yard average, 18 yard run was his longest on the day so very good by him Jay Cutler we talked about his stats a little bit on the show yesterday or his game and he only had a 76.7 quarterback rating on the day passer rating I should say just 19 for 33 151 yards that's 4.6 yards per throw as I mentioned on Twitter Jay Ajayi has five yards per rush when you're when your running back has more yards per carry than your quarterback has yards per pass that's a problem and lastly, on the day, the Dolphins have some impressive drives in this game. A 10-play, a 15-play, an 8-play, and a 10-play drive. Three of those are scoring drives. One of them is an interception, of a bad interception from Jay Cutler. But in the second half, they go 15, 5 plays, 8 plays, 10 plays. And it's touchdown, field goal, field goal. Or excuse me, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal. And then they took one play to kneel down at the end of the game. So much more sustained drives. It keeps that awesome defense fresh. If they can do that, they're going to be a dangerous team. Keeping the chains moving, running the football, and completing short passes. The formula for winning. The most impressive thing, though, not a single three and out on the day. Very, very clutch in that sense. On defense, they started off rough. The first drive for the Falcons goes 11 plays for 5 minutes and 19 seconds for 43 yards. It goes for a field goal. Second drive, 9 plays, 5 minutes for 90 yards and a touchdown. Not very good. But then after that, 3 plays, a minute and a half, negative 1 yard, punt. They come back with the big play touchdown pass on Xavier Howard there. 5 plays, 2 and a half minutes, 61 yards for a touchdown. Seven plays at the end of the half there, miss a field goal, come back out of the break, go three plays and out, punt the ball, eight plays, turn the ball over on downs, come back three and out again, punt, negative six yards, 
And then their final drive, they go nine plays, 61 yards, but it results in an interception. So the defense holds it down once again, gets a big win for them. And let's look into these snap counts now. And we're going to do it differently again, starting with the defense. And this has been more of an offensive-centric show because that's where I kind of have my background in. But got to keep talking about this defense. The Dolphins have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven defenders that played all 57 reps. Like I said, getting the defense off the field for some of those reps really, really helps them stay fresh, keep your best players on the field. Cordray, Tankersley, Rashad Jones, Lawrence Timmons, Nate Allen doesn't really belong in that group, but he was on the, on the field for all 57. Kiko Alonso and Xavier Howard all played every single snap of the game. The biggest eye popper of the game was Andre Branch, 48 reps. That's 84% of the snaps. That's a very high number for any defensive end, not to mention a guy that has been a rotational, or not really rotational, but a kind of 50-50 guy here and there. And Dominic Sue, 82%, 47 snaps. He is just a beast. He is so dominant every single week. We cannot say enough about that guy. Hall of Fame player, one of the best to ever do it. 85% snap guy every single week, just continues to dominate. Cam Wake was out there for 43 or 43 reps, which was three quarters of the reps, 75%. That's a high number for him as well. Charles Harris continues to get more and more looks, despite the fact that the Dolphins gave a lot of reps to Andre Branch and Cam Wake. Charles Harris gets himself 21, 24 reps. That's 42%. And then Will Hayes only gets 14 snaps. That's just 25% of the snaps. That's kind of a low number for him based on what he's been doing. And I think that kind of is dictated based on the way the Falcons run their offense. It's a lot more play action, pass heavy. And, and William Hayes is such a good run defender, has been so good, but just kind of dictated by the pace of the game. They were down early, all that good stuff. So so those are the defensive end numbers on the defensive tackle spot. I mentioned Dominican Sue out there just about every snap every week. Devon Godshaw gets 21 reps. That is 37%. Jordan Phillips gets the exact same number, 21 reps for 37%. I haven't seen the film yet. It comes out on Tuesday. I recorded the show the day before, so it is Monday. I haven't quite got a chance to look at it yet, but I think Jordan Phillips had a pretty damn good game. Those 21 reps will be closely examined. Inside, Vincent Taylor got himself nine reps. That's just 16% of the snaps, but still gets on the field and plays good football when he's out there. Ray Maluga was the third linebacker on the day. He he saw 16 reps, 28% of the reps. And Bobby McCain, the nickel corner, gets 38 snaps, a 67% figure. That's right where he is just about every single week. So, so that's your division of labor on the defense. Let's move over to the offensive side of the ball, where the Dolphins ran 10 more plays than the opposing team, which I don't know the last time they did that. But the Dolphins run 67 plays. The lineman that had... Every single rep, which is, should be the case for all five on most days. Larry Tunzel, Jermon Bushrod, Anthony Steen out there for 67 of those reps. Jawan James came off the field for that injury. You guys remember that? He had 63 reps. And then Mike Pouncey, of course, came out at halftime. He had 28 reps with Jake Brendel getting 39. So a 60-40 slip there for a split there for Brendel. And then the interest, interesting part goes to the tight ends where I have been crucifying every single week and I will continue to do so because he doesn't have any place on the football team. But Julius Thomas gets himself five, uh, 54 reps once again. That's 80%. But Anthony Fasano on the day, interesting the Dolphins were without Devontae Parker went more two tight end sets in this game. Anthony Fasano gets 47 reps, which is 70% of the total. Marquise Gray gets 12 reps, 18% of the total. So a lot more tight end looks. They want some 13 personnel, that heavy package that run the football, and it worked. So good on the Dolphins for recognizing the Falcons is more of a speed finesse unit and running the football down their throats. And as for those running backs, speaking about running the ball down their throats, Damian Williams, he had a lot more production than you would think for the small snap count because he only got out there for 18 snaps. That is just 27%. Jay Ajayi, we all know the beast he is, 48 
reps on the day, 72% of those snaps. Kenyon Drake just gets just one rep on the day, 1% for him. Receivers, Jakeem Grant got on the field for just six in this game. That's a 9% count. Leontay Carew got 24 reps. Kind of don't really see him because I don't think he even had a catch on the day. He had one bad drop, 24 reps, 36% for him. Jarvis Landry, 65 reps, that's 97%. Kenny Stills, 60 reps, that's 90%. So you can kind of see they were going with Landry, Stills, Julius Thomas, and Anthony Fasano on just about every play in this game. So that's kind of where they adapted their game plan to fill in for the Devontae Parker absence, as well as take advantage of the Falcons' defensive personnel. So as I mentioned, the season stats for the year, the Dolphins' passing offense is dead last at 5.1 yards per pass. Also dead last in yards per game at 155.4 yards per game through the air. The rushing offense, not a whole lot better, just 87.4 yards per game on the ground. That's 27th in the NFL. And on yards per attempt, they are just at 3.5 yards per attempt, which is also 27th in the NFL. So the offense, obviously not getting it done. Again, dead last in points per game, 32nd in the NFL scoring. That has to get better for this team to improve and go on to the postseason. Defensively, the Dolphins against the pass, yards per attempt is 7.3. That's only 23rd in the NFL, so not a great number there. But the 235 yards per game passing is 12th in the NFL, so top of the league in that standpoint. But the bread and butter of the Miami Dolphins team and defense is that run defense, 3.5 yards per carry allowed. That's sixth best in the NFL. And the yards per game is at just 80.4. That's fourth top in the NFL behind the Eagles, Broncos, and Vikings. So the run defense continues to get the job done. And that will do it for today's statistical recap of the victory over the Atlanta Falcons. 2017, the Dolphins moved to 3-2. and two. And before I get out of here today, I just wanted to touch on something really quickly that's probably not going to make me the most popular Dolphins fan out there. I am, I'll be 30 years old here in about two weeks or a week and a half, I forget, uh, these days. But the thing that really kind of irritates me is the, the reliance on going back to the 1972 Dolphins and what they accomplished. And don't get me wrong, it's an incredible feat, one that they should be proud of and rich in tradition. But I think the reason it kind of grinds at me a little bit is because of the lack of success the Dolphins have had lately. And to see this whole like champagne and this whole celebration thing every single year for a fan that hasn't that wasn't around to see that. I haven't seen this team play in a Super Bowl. I haven't seen them win a conference championship game. All these things that, you know, kind of add up for these younger fans like myself, and I'm sure there are plenty of fans even younger than I am that have had even less success with this team. It just it kind of gets it kind of rubs me the wrong way because I just feel like it's such a like what we used to be type of thing for the franchise and what the team used to be able to accomplish and how great they were back in the past in the 70s. I mean, all these previous dynasties, the the Steelers, the Cowboys, the 49ers, they have had some success in recent years. I mean, the Cowboys have had some good years the last few years. They had the big year with Tony Romo and DeMarco Murray, Murray, and then they go on to Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott. I know they haven't had the playoff success they would like for, but they've had some success in terms of being a dominant team. The Steelers, as you guys all know, win Super Bowls all the time. The 49ers got back to a Super Bowl a few years ago. They were making NFC Championship game runs year in and year out there for a couple of years. They even had the Jeff Garcia years after, you know, Steve Young and John Elway, or John Elway, Joe Montana were long gone. But here are the Dolphins with this rich tradition and proud history and this awesome undefeated team, the two Super Bowls in a row, three appearances back to back to back. And that's all we have to hang our hats on. And I get so sick of hearing about it. I just want to see this team win and erase that memory or not erase the memory. That's a bad way to put it. I want to erase the fact that that's the top of our list. I want it to be about Ryan Tannehill and Adam Gaze and Cam Wake and Dominican Sue and Jarvis Landry and all these guys, J.H.I., all these guys that are doing it for the Dolphins now, not be relying upon Mercury Morris and Bob Greasy 
and all these guys that played for the undefeated team, and that's kind of like all the Dolphins are. So it kind of grinds my gears. Get back to me on Twitter, at NFL and tell me your thoughts. Is this undefeated thing? Does it, does it rub you the wrong way? Do you still love it? Do you hang your hat on it? How do you feel about the 1972 Miami Dolphins today? All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com, the great Leontay Carew piece, Adam Gaze Paradigm, and the Charles Harris piece written by Mike Jastrzewski, the Adam Gaze piece written by yours truly, Leontay Carew by Adam Vaccaro. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. That is the film review edition. Don't forget to check that out as we are back with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. Fins up. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. By singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.